Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. You know, it's so awesome. While they're doing that, it's so cool because that was one of the things we learned pretty early on in, Christ, in, in our Christian walk was, hey, give. Every time there's an opportunity, give, right? Uh, that has been my biggest prayer is to become a giver. And um, just like uh, givers, we give of our pastors, Pastor Chris and Liz, uh, all the time. We have such a great church body, and the word that they have is so powerful and is so great. And we actually you know, help support them to go. They're, they're overseas right now. They send a nice cheerio from London. I have to use that because I just like saying cheerio. Um, I won't preach my sermon in a British accent, but it is one of my hidden talents. Uh, <laughs> um, so they're, they're saying hello all the way from London. Man, God has been doing some great things. So thank you for your prayers for them, covering them, praying for them. Continue to pray for them as they get ready to head back this way. Pray for traveling mercies. We pray large angels, all their luggage, everything goes where it needs to go and comes where it needs to come, right? Um, because, you know, those airlines, but we can trust in angels, not the airlines, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, it's just such an honor and a privilege to be with you guys today. And um, I told pastors, I was like, listen, it is the end of July. And I, is it okay if I take a few moments and talk about something with the ministry that's super close to my heart? So I do want to take just a moment and talk to you guys about um, IBTC. That's our International Bible Training Center um, here. It's housed here. It is international. We have schools across the globe. We have them in Africa and India and Belgium. And I think they're getting ready to start one in London prayerfully. Um, I mean, we just continue to grow and expand. We have one in Myanmar, an underground school where they're teaching the gospel, you know, behind closed doors. We have to send emails incognito. It's super cool to be a part of that, to know that we're reaching unreached people groups. But IBTC, it's such an invaluable thing, and, and, and it's super close to my heart because there's something about seeing people changed and transformed by the word of God. And that's truly what it does. It builds discipline in your own life. It builds structure. It builds knowledge. You can go deeper in him. If you just want to learn more about the Bible, it's for you. If you feel called to fivefold ministry, it's for you. If you feel like I just need a, a change in my walk with the Lord, it's for you. All of these things and all of these purposes that IBTC is there for, it truly, truly equips men and women across this world nation to go forth and bring the gospel, right? So if that's something you're interested in, there is a table in the back of the sanctuary. You'll see all the books spread out. Those are just some of the books that you'll read uh, to just, you know, sow into your own self. So go visit the table if you're interested. Um, all of the information is at ibtcglobal.org. promise you, you will not regret it. Can I see some hands of some current students, past students, graduates? Can you guys wave your hands at me? I see a few of you in here. Praise the Lord. So we see them back in the booth. We see them everywhere, right? Um, so, so you see them all around. They, they come to the school, and it's just amazing. So just like I tell my students, you guys are going to get reminiscent of this, Today we're going to teach the word. Today we're going to learn some cool truths in the word. We've been talking about produce. Pastors Chris and Liz have been talking about how we produce the fruits of the spirit in our life. And so the one that uh, that I get to talk about is near and dear to my heart, and it's a prayer that I always pray that I exemplify. And today we're going to talk about walking in love. Today we're going to talk about putting on the love of God, and we're going to talk about what we need to do in order to do that. Um, so if you'll go with me to Colossians 3.14, I think it's really important that you know that when you have a revelation of the love of God, you have insight into something that doesn't fail. You have insight into something that, that will never let you down. You have insight into something that doesn't change. Now, in this world, there's failure. In this world, we see it all around us. You know, it, where, where, everything's, where everything fails, God's love doesn't fail. So love is the cardinal law of God. It never fails, right? Even in Galatians, we've been camped in Galatians chapter 5 for quite some time, right? It's the first fruit that's listed. It's the first one. It's so important. It's not a subject. I'm not going to be up here. We're going to be running around the room and being so excited because we're talking about the love of Jesus. Because we should be. But very often, it's not 
what's deemed to be exciting. But I promise you, when you get a revelation of the love of God, and when you get a revelation of how to wear the love of God, your whole life will be changed. Your prayers, every area of your life will be changed and transformed. So, um, you know, the Bible talks about in Romans 5 and 5, how when we receive the new birth, how the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, right? And in Colossians 3.14, it says, and above all these things, Above all what things? Above everything. It says, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. In your Bible, on your app, however it is that you follow along, I want you to underline that word, put on. I want you to under that, underline that, circle it, however you want to do that in your Bible. Because that phrase is so important. When you look at this verse, it says to put it on. Now, this is a common term that's used throughout the New Testament, and it's used today. But it, what it references is the act of putting on a garment or an article of clothing. So although clothing has changed over the years, we can all agree that it's changed quite a bit since Jesus' day, right? And quite a bit since even the turn of the century. You could look back in the 80s, you can look 90s, 2000s, you know, it's weird to say that because it makes me feel kind of old, but, <laughs> but you think about how style has evolved. Style has changed. Different things influence the style of the day, but there's one thing about style that has not changed, and that's the act of getting dressed, right? We still do it the same way, we still put the clothes on. We still physically go. Like this morning, I was like, okay, what am I going to wear? Which is uh, a woman's, I don't know. I have a hard time, right? We have a hard time. Got a closet full of clothes. Have no idea what we're going to wear. No one else, just me. <laughs> what am I going to wear, right? And then I'm like texting pictures to my style associate over here. Okay, what about this, right? Well, how about this? Is this good? Is that good? You know, but it's the same type of principle, right? So what do you do? In the morning, you go into your closet. You look at all of your clothes, so let's say I chose this cute little yellow shirt, and I was like, okay, that's cute, and I wear it with my black pants and some heels, right? It will be easy. It's a Sunday morning. I should wear heels, even though I really wanted to wear flats, but I love y'all so much, I decided to wear heels. So, <laughs> so I go in the closet, right, and I look at the clothes that I'm going to wear, and I can't just look at the clothes. No, I have to physically take it off the hanger, slip my arms in, and put it on. Well, love is no different. Love is something that's there. It's accessible to us. But unless we physically go and put it on, sometimes we forget to wear it. When I'm yelling in traffic, when I'm frustrated, when I've heard mommy for the hundred thousandth time in a day, right? Sometimes you can feel frustrated. But if we continually are aware that we put on love, we're able to make better choices. We're able to see the, God flourish in our lives in different way. So it doesn't matter the clothes you want to put on. You still, they all come on the same way. Everybody puts pants on the same way, one leg at a time, right? So in other words, your clothing, it doesn't do that. It doesn't just jump onto you. It would be kind of cool. Maybe one day they'll invent that. I don't know. You stand there. and Doesn't the Grinch have something like that? Look, I, I'm, I can't help it. You know, the new movie, see, I'm going on a tangent. My bad. Let me reel it back in. Let me reel it back in. So seriously, though, it doesn't just, you know, like automatically you stand there, you digitally choose an outfit and stand there like, and it just comes on. Maybe one day, maybe we should invent that. Make a lot of money, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, it's the same way we have to put on love. Now, that word love, let me just tell you, you could go about 100,000 different ways with this. I think I had like 60 some odd pages. And I said, I am a little overwhelmed, so I have to take a break. And so <laughs> when, I, when we were coming together with it, I was just like, how do you just, where do you start? And I was like, we got to put it on. You got to put that love on. But what kind of love am I talking about. I'm not talking about an ordinary love. I'm talking about the God kind of love. I'm talking about agape. I'm talking about a high level love. I, I like to call agape a high level love because it's the highest level that you can attain. It's the highest love that you can have operating in your life. It's a love that's hard to understand with our finite mind, but through the spirit, we understand it, right? Because when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, because his love is shed abroad in our heart, we can then operate out of that love. But it's a high level 
level of love. I wrote this down. I think it's really good. It's this kind of love occurs when an individual sees, recognizes, understands, and appreciates the value of an object or person, causing the viewer to behold the object or person in great esteem, to hold them in great esteem, admiration, and sincere appreciation. Such great respect is awakened in the heart of the observer for the object or person that he is, that he is viewing, that he is compelled to love. His love for that person or object is so strong that it's irresistible. Don't you feel that way about God's love? His love is irresistible. And the more you press into him and the more you know who he is, the more irresistible his love becomes. Because his love is so great, his love is so strong, his love is so powerful that we begin to understand that that agape love and that that God kind of love will even sacrifice itself for the sake of of another, right? It's the highest level of love. It's a sacrificial type of love. We see that in 1 John 3.16, isn't that funny that it's the same about love than John 3.16, that's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, you guys know the verse, should not perish but have everlasting life, right? But I love 1 John 3.16, so this is different. But look, so we talk about how Jesus did, and then they said, 1 John 3.16, we're going to talk about what we got to do. It says, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. So not only do we learn in these verses that we have to, we have to do the same thing Jesus did, that that's the highest form of love is to do what Jesus does, right? To, to be willing to lay down our lives for others or to forgive them for wrongs that they've committed against us. We are to love others with no strings attached. That is agape love. It's a high level of love with no strings attached. Very often we only love people when they love us back. But agape love is a love with no strings attached. Agape love is a love that's so high and so deep that we can never get to the end of it because because it's everlasting and we can continue to grow and develop in love because he is everlasting and because he lives in us. It's not like suddenly like I've arrived and I'm walking in love, right? It never does that. It's not like all of a sudden you're here. No, you continue to develop it and you continue to grow in it. You continue to become love embodied as itself. That's what I hope that we all can do because did not Jesus say that's how we're identified? by the love that we have for one another. Church, we need to love one another. Okay, I talked earlier in first service about social media and how everybody's always offended and everybody's always angry and everybody's always mad about something on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever social media outlet you use. Is Twitter even a thing? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Uh, But whatever outlet you use, guys, don't get involved in that stuff. Don't even post your name in that stuff. Keep on scrolling, right? Keep scrolling past it because you don't want to mess with that. It's very easy to fall into taking off that garment of love. It's, especially if it's a hot topic that you're like, oh, I'm really passionate about this. I'm just going to encourage you. Don't say that on social media. If you really have an issue, private message the person. Don't put it out there for the whole world to see. You can never get that stuff back. Anyway, tangent, tangent. So so we have to see that that love is self-sacrificial. So today we're going to really talk about the benefits of wearing love and putting on that garment of love and wearing that in the forefront, okay? So are we ready? I said all that to say we're really going to get to the meat of the word right now. (laughs) So, okay, once you put on that garment of love, guess what? The moment you decide to wear that garment of love, you start to see success in every area of your life. What do I mean by success? Well, in a minute, we're going to talk about how all faith operates through love. And if your love walk is not right, your faith walk probably isn't right. But we want to see God do great and mighty things because here's the thing. When we learn how to put that on and we learn how to operate in God's love, that requires faith to do it. 
Okay, you have to develop your faith in those areas so that it governs the word, governs your thinking. When it governs your thinking, then it's going to govern your speech and it's going to govern your actions. That's why we continually tell you to develop in the word, to put the word in front of you. Because the more words you put in, the less likely you are to fall under the systems and the guidelines of the world. But you're going to live under the guidelines of God and his system. So Adam, we know, walked on the level with Uh, on that level. Uh, Man was created to function on God's level. We know that Adam walked on that level, but when he disobeyed God, what happened? He fell away from fellowship from him. He lost his position of fellowship. And so when he disobeyed, he fell away from that. And we know it took Jesus, our Savior, coming to the earth to reclaim that authority that Adam had lost and so uh, had lost to Satan. So today, every born-again believer, that's you, that's me. If you have Jesus in your heart, then you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can walk in his power. John 16, 13 says that the Holy Spirit Spirit, the Holy Spirit was sent to lead us into all truth. Guys, that's how you know when something's good or bad. Because when you'll know if it lines up with the truth of the word, if you're in the right direction. You'll know that you're headed in the right way when it lines up with the truth of the word. Because as a born-again believer, we have the same spiritual capacity that Jesus has. Yes, you have the same spiritual capacity that Jesus has. But guess what? you got to spend time developing in him. you got to spend time studying and meditating on the word of God and living the word the way that Jesus did. Then you have every ounce of faith, you have every ounce of love that you need because you're operating and standing under that same uh, anointing that Jesus had in his earthly ministry. It's available because the Holy Spirit lives in you too. The same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus lives in you. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we don't realize how important it is that Jesus himself lives on the inside of you, that the Holy Spirit, the person of the Godhead, lives on the inside of you. There's nothing you can't accomplish. There's nothing you can't develop in him. It's the same love with which Jesus had. That's hard to understand sometimes. It, it really is. But it's proven through the word. Romans 5.5. 5. And I keep quoting it because somebody needs to hear it. That that love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. You know, that's given to us by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 17.26, let's go there. I love this part. It says, uh, and I have declared unto them thy name, and I will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. See, Jesus is talking about you here. Let the same love that's in me be in them. Did Jesus ever have any unanswered prayers? Not a one. Jesus has every answer. Everything written in that book is yes and amen. And so when Jesus prayed that prayer that the love of God, the same love that Jesus had, will be in you, guess what? Guess where it is? It's in you. That love is in you. Praise God. What a great revelation that that is of truth, that we can grow in the consciousness of God's love for us, that place that, that, place that he has, that great, amazing place that he has for us. That truth needs to be received by the body because watch out world when that truth is, is realized and we walk in that truth, okay? We don't need to allow ignorance to rob us of the best kept that, and keep us below the standards of life that God has for us. We forget that he has great things in store for us. When we put on love and we develop in that love, guess what, guys? All of a sudden, you are now rooted, you're now grounded in love, in his love, in the God kind of love. Let's look at Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. Y'all still doing good? Praise the Lord. So look, this is, I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible. I said first service. Listen, I love the Amplified Bible, but I am both a verbal and a uh, a visual learner. I was like, what's the word? No. (laughs) So look, when you read this, Okay, I told them first service, you have got to write this on a note card. You've got to put it somewhere for you to see. If you have trouble meditating on the word that you don't know where to start, I'm telling you, leave today and start right here. Because if you get a revelation of these scriptures, 
Woo, watch out world, okay? Because, wow. All right, so we're going to read this, and I might have to pause. So bear with me, Miss Ramona. You're doing a great job in the back. But I might have to pause because I get really excited when I read the word. So, okay, let's do this. Okay. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power. Who needs some energy in this place? Praise the Lord, right? If we need energy, look no further because the word says to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self indwelling your innermost being and personality. That just proves that that love of God doesn't just shine forth to you, but it shines forth forth to your personality, which means if you walk around looking like this all day, we got to work on this because it should be shining forth in your face, <laughs> right? I'm just telling you. I mean, listen, sometimes people need to work on that, and it's okay. It's all good, but let that come forth. It indwells your inner personality. Isn't that cool to know that the love of God can not only influence your spirit self, but it can influence the personality, the characters that God put on the inside of you? Oh, that's good. So it says here, where are we at? I lost my place. Uh, let's see. Uh, deeply rooted. Wait, wait, wait. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and the length and the height and the depth of his love Fully experiencing that amazing, endless love. One more verse, verse 19. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience. Wait, if you've not experienced the love of God, guess what? This verse tells you you can. And once you experience that love, there's no turning back. Nothing in this world can keep you from that love. Because once you know the lover of your soul, once you know the person to whom your help comes, you won't have to look any further for anything else you need. But you look inside because he is there and he is with you and he surrounds you. But I love that practically through personal experience, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. So this morning when we were singing, fill me up, Lord, fill me up, Lord, that's the kind of way he wants to fill you up, fill you up to overflowing, flooded with God himself. The problem is we have to yield. The problem is we have to let him in. The problem is we have to let him out, right? Right? Because it's not just about letting him in, but it's about letting him out. It's a field to overflowing. That's the kind of God we serve. He's not just a tiny measure. He's all your measures. He's everything you need. So when you let him come into you, all that's left is to come out of you. Because his love is so enormous and encompassing that it has no choice but to ooze from your very being that love that you're rooted and grounded in. Have you ever tried to pull up a plant that you thought was going to be easy? You just do a little whoop, right? Have you ever thought, oh, I'm just walking by, let me just grab this little weed, and then you can't pull it out? That's me every time. I'm like, I don't even know. I guess you got to get down in there and dig that thing out, right? But listen, it's the same way. We're called to be rooted and grounded in his love. That when life comes, that the devil can't come by and just pull you right on out. No, that you're rooted and grounded deep. That your roots go deep. Why do they go deep? Because you continue to develop the word of God in your life. Because you continue to work on that. I love that so much. Let's look at Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, I got it right this service. I had a typo first service. I was like, whoops, I'm not perfect. Thank God Jesus is. <laughs> I don't want to spill my water. All right, it says this. It says, if you, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him. So when I look at those two verses, in uh, Ephesians, it tells you to be rooted and grounded in love. In this version, it tells us to be rooted and built up in him. So I got to thinking, well, well which is it, God? 
Which one, him or love? Well, answer's simple. It's both. Why? Because you can't separate God from his love, and you can't separate his love from God because he is love. When we speak of God's love, we're not speaking of something he has done. We're talking about who he is. He is love. As I heard someone put it, he loves because he can't help himself. He is love. It's who he is. It's his very essence. It's his being. It's he is love. When we speak of his presence, it's the presence of love himself. I love Acts 17, 28. It says, for in him we live and move and have our being. And so his love, we live and move in love. In love, we live and move and have our being. When you start seeing those in him qualities and start saying in love, it's so powerful because there, there are those new creation realities that we have about who we are in him. But when we understand that because of his love for us is so deep and so strong that when we understand that everything we do is out of love, everything he's done for us is out of love, every part of who he is is from a place of love. So uh, when you're rooted in agape, not just the God kind of love, but in the God who is love, that's what we're rooted in. We're rooted in the God who is love. And as Christians, we have to renew our mind every day to that truth. We have to choose to put on who we are in him every single day. Just like you chose to got dressed, get dressed this morning and drive yourself to church, we have to choose to wake up in the morning, meditate on who he created us to be so that we can perform at the highest level he's called us to and to perform in agape love. It's not about performance, but it's about choosing to be who he's called you to do, be and walking in that so that you can do what he's called you to do because you can't do anything without love. It all filters through love. When bad situations come, when it doesn't seem like there's hope, when there's no way out, when we feel rejected, we have to know that our heaven, we just get rid of those thoughts of hopelessness. Why? Because we know a God who gives us all hope. We our, our focus is fixed on that. So when things come to try to steal those things, we can keep our focus fixed on who Jesus is. So no matter the situation that arises, when something tells us there's no hope and there's no way out, we can just say, that's not the truth. Or if someone tells us that, how many of you know we've had people in our lives that don't speak life to us, that don't speak truth to us? And so when they speak things that are not lined up with the word of God, you know what we say? Father, just forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, right? They don't know, but we're going to be free to choose to walk in love, to stay in love. We're going to be free to love unconditionally just as God called us to love. When we, when we are rooted and grounded, we're fixed, we're steady, we're stable. Nothing can shake us. Nothing can pull us out. So when we are rooted and grounded, that causes us to be able to develop our faith. So I like to say, because we're talking about clothes, we need to develop our style. We need to develop our faith. We need to develop our faith through love. Develop our faith through love. So I often hear the question or was questioning myself, how do we know when a fruit's developed? Because very often we've been talking about producing fruit in this series. We've been talking about how to do it. But I'm like, how do we know? What if, what if I'm already developed in, in a certain area, right? How do we tell if we're developed? Well, I'm going to just make it easy. Can we do that this morning? It's not complicated how you can test it. The development is the same in every area. So if you say, for instance, with faith, the development of faith is, is brought about the same kind of way. Faith is is any subject, it could be any subject in the Bible, could be new birth, could be revelations on the infilling of the Holy Spirit, could be revelations of, you know, your right standing with God or your righteousness in him. It could be divine health. It could be prosperity. It could be some other area, but whatever area it is, it's the same spiritual substance and it's up to us to produce and to check those developments and how do we make sure they're developed? Well, we put the word first. That's why I said the word's got to come first. Is the word the first thing out of your mouth when something happens? If not, it's okay. It takes time to develop, right? I mean, trust me, there are still times I'm like, whoop, got to get that work done. <laughs> whoop, yeah, 
That's okay. I'm listening, Lord. Worry is one of the ones I really have to focus on and really have to like read scriptures on because I, I, I don't know why I tend to. I just want everything to be a certain way, and when it's not, I just feel the pressure of it, and so i got to get the word on it. It's the same way with whatever it is that you're dealing with. You have to put the word on it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Okay, finances, okay? Sometimes I'm like, okay, uh, we're in the first year of our own landscaping business. I'm super happy. God's blessing us, prosperity. But then some months I'm like, where's that cash flow that we had last month? What happened, you know? Or, or, you know, it could be some customers didn't pay, but we we pray for our customers. God, we thank you for good, faithful, on-time paying customers, right? And we don't, we do, we pray. We confess, we know that what that's what God's going to do. But I will tell you, I have to like, we're putting the word on it because this is, I don't know, I know it's there. We have X amount of dollars supposedly coming in, right? Well, it's not like you get a, a check every two weeks. No, this is one week you might get 10 checks and the next week you might get no checks. I don't know. But that's why we continually pray and you continually, fa- you, you know, find what it is you need. But you got to put the word first. That has to be the first thing out of your mouth. And if it's not, work on it. Get some more scriptures. If you need scriptures, come see me. I'll help you find scriptures, right? Or any one of our experience team people can probably help you find scriptures. Google scriptures. Bible gateway search scriptures. You know what I mean? Like, do it. Get on there. Show, you know, because the more you can get the word on it, the better our you're going to be. I love, uh, I know I say this, Brittany is in here, yes, but it's my favorite scripture. No, <laughs> um, This is a really great scripture found in Psalms 23, 6. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, right? <laughs> I love this verse because sometimes when it doesn't feel like goodness and mercy is following me and other stuff is following me, I have to bring this verse out. And I say, wait a minute, you're not and mercy follow me all the days of my life because when we speak no matter what it is when we speak that word and we put that word first in our life don't ever go by how you feel your feelings they lie they lie they lie they lie they don't tell you the truth okay did you want to wake up this morning I'm not trying to be rude. I mean, I appreciate you all coming and hanging out, but think about it. I mean, is it the, I mean, you, I really want to sleep. That's because your flesh wants to sleep, but no, your spirit says, get up and get to church, right? (laughs) Get up. Let's come on because you can't listen to what you feel. Don't confess anything else but the word because the more you develop in the word, the more you confess it, the more reality, the more becomes a reality in your own life because you have to be confident in the promise that goodness and mercy shall follow follow you all the days of your life. If you've got to read 1 John over and over, read whatever verses you need on a regular basis to get you to understand that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And sometimes you even have to meditate on that to develop it. Sometimes you got to say it over and over. Sometimes you got to remind yourself on it because meditation develops the capacity for faith. Meditation develops the capacity for faith. And as you meditate on the word of God, your capacity can only increase because he's the God of increase. So the more that you meditate on the word, that capacity begins to grow and you recognize God's power, the power of his love that it can have in your life. The things, the things that Satan puts out in front of you, they begin to shrink and they begin to lose their grip on your life because you realize the fullness of God's word. That's what meditation does. Just means to mull over, say it over and over. That's why I told you, write down Ephesians 3 and put it in your car. Remind yourself of who God is in your life and who he created you to be. Once you meditate, you act on the word because what you meditate on, you act on. So that's why I'm saying to you, when I can see my finances are not working the way I want, my first thought is, how can I fix this? This is my thought. I'm a fixer. I need to fix it. So then I'm like, okay, this is here, this is there, and I start thinking. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Let's get the word on it, right? I have to, it takes me a minute. I'm just being truthful with you guys. It doesn't happen overnight. You got to go, okay, wait a minute. I'm not doing this the right way. I'm not doing it the way God has me doing it. Let me get some word on it because I need to act on it because what you meditate on is what you act on. 1 John 4, verses 11 through 12. 
says, Beloved, if God so love us, we ought to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. By practicing this love on one another, the love of God is perfected in us. So we've got to perfect love. We've got to love our brothers and sisters. We've got to love one another. Yes, that's a song. I'm not going to sing that either. Um, but the word, when you look at that, and when you, when you look at that, the word perfected, I wrote this down, means allowed to run its full course. The word perfected means allowed to run its full course because you can let the love of God run its full course in your life. Love never fails. Here we go again, that zero failure rate, right? It's possible and it will come to pass. How are we going to do it? Not by becoming perfect, right? But by acting the word, acting out love with one another, which is perfect and allowing it to have its perfect work in our lives. Once we are developing that and once we're acting on the word, we have to decide, we have to decide to live the love life. We have to make a quality decision to live the love life because to develop your faith in divine healing, what do you have to do? You make a decision that you're going to be well. They're going to dwell on the word, right? A quality decision is a necessity in learning to live a love life, the life of love that he called us to. What's a quality decision? Because a lot of us, let me just tell you, this is hard. Making quality decisions, not always easy. <laughs> and you learn pretty quickly when they're not. Because <laughs> guess what? When I ask the Holy Spirit, well, how do I know if we're making a quality decision? He said, it's a decision from which there is no retreat. It's a decision from which there is no retreat. Meaning that if you make a decision, you feel like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Probably not a quality decision. Probably not a decision out of love. But the quality decision that we make is based on not having a retreat. We know that we've done what's lined up with the word of God, right? So that's how we know. It simply means that when you say, I, love, I wrote this prayer down. I put, with God in heaven as my helper, he that is within me is greater than he that is in the world. I refuse to allow anything to hinder me from walking in love. I make the quality decision now to walk in love whether anyone else does it or not because it's necessary. You have to renew your minds. You have to meditate on the word. You have to act in love because in order to have those, then what happens is once you start practicing and developing that, no matter what comes your way, you automatically react. It's kind of like, have you guys ever uh, heard about like muscle memory? Like if you do a certain action over and over repetitively and then you stop doing it for a while, then you go back to it, your muscle kind of remembers. It's the same thing with the word. See, what happens is the more and more we do that's repetitive of action of developing our faith through love, the more we continually uh, feed on it and meditate in it and act on it, it becomes like second nature. So the next time we don't think, oh gosh, I messed up. No, the next time we just speak, the next time we just say, the next time we just do, because that word overflows outside of us. So you decide to do that. The secret to successful combat against Satan is to re retaliate in the spirit, not in the natural the love walk is 100% spiritual because it is not natural because sometimes it don't make any sense at all. Sometimes you don't want to do it. This is where God wants us to grow because by developing faith in the love of God, it will work. It will bring about the results that we need at a zero failure rate. No matter what happens in our life, it works 100% of the time, every time because we're working it. And you can commit even right now where you're at to develop your faith to develop your faith in love you just commit to his word commit to developing that you know you're born of love so walk in that love that you were born in because guys when we understand that that faith truly does work through love that nothing else happens that faith and love they work together hand in hand like good sisters or friends right they work together Galatians 5 and 6 if you'll go there in your Bible this is such a good verse because it really does talk about how faith works by love. Guys, faith is energized by love. Faith is put into motion by love. Galatians 5.16, I'm going to read the, new, the Living Bible. This is a King James 
King James Version up here, but I'm going to read to you the Living Bible. Um, so you can read along and listen to because it's pretty similar. There's just a few words that are added. But it says, and we to whom Christ has given eternal life don't need to worry about whether or not we've been circumcised or not or whether we are obeying Jewish ceremonies or not. All we need is faith working through love. Guys, we're not missing it in confession. We're nailing it. We're not missing it in believing the word. We're not missing it because of anything else other than not understanding the importance of putting on love. If you stop receiving answers to your prayers, check your love walk. Kenneth Hagin always used to tell us, Brother Hagin, back in the day when he was, you know, here on earth and preaching, and I remember that stuck with me all the time. Like, if I'm not getting answer to my prayers, I need to check my love walk. Am I walking well? Am I, am I doing what I need to do? Because if you think about this, faith is the hand that takes things from God. Think about how you receive salvation. When I say, do you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I'm going to use a Rhema reference again. Is that okay? <laughs> he used to call everybody down to the altar, and he would pull out his keys, and he would say, okay, you're going to get saved today. Well, how do you take this, this right here, this phone? How do you take it? Reach out and grab it. It's the same way with faith. You reach out and grab it. It's the hand that gets things from God. It's the way you get salvation. It's the way you get healing. It's the way you get filled with the Spirit. It's the way that you get any gift or, or fruit of the Spirit that God has for your life. You reach out. You reach out and you take it. Because when you reach out and take it, you have an understanding that you have victory over the world. Because you understand love, you have victory over your flesh, over the devil, over the powers of darkness. Because you walk in love. Because all of these things... Come to us by faith, but it must be a faith that works by love. Faith worketh by love. We need to understand all facets of love. The love of God, I said earlier, should ooze out of us so that everybody knows that we're in love. We can't do anything about what we've done in the past. It's in the past. That's history. But we can change our future. We can change our future. I, I wrote on a card, I said, as for me and my house, we're going to secure all the promises of God because faith works by love. We secure it all because faith works by love. Whatever confession you need to have, faith works by love. The kind of love that will take the word in your mouth, it takes your faith and it will turn them into a steamroller for God. So what I mean by that is nothing could stand in your way. Nothing can, have you guys ever seen a steamroller, anybody? Those things are giant and don't ever get around, right? right? Those things are serious, but your faith can be like that. You can be like that. Nothing can stand in your way. Absolutely nothing. You will roll right over obstacles. If the devil stands in your way, you roll right over him too, praising Jesus the whole time because you start to see things happen. So allow faith to operate through love to roll over any circumstance in your life that doesn't line up with that word. The Bible says that even de demons tremble at his name, right? But why don't they receive it? Because they are filled with fear. They're filled with hate. That's why they don't receive anything. Even though they tremble, they're filled with that. But because we have faith that works in love, if you want good faith, walk in love. If you want prayers answered, walk in love. Now God is a God of love. He imparted love to us. He put it on the inside of us. It's up to us to learn how to operate operate in that law of love. The law of faith because will work every single time because it works by love. It won't work until we operate in love. It works because we have love. Yep, confessions are good. We need to make them. But don't stop with your love walk. Look around. See if you can help somebody obtain what they're believing God for. Faith works by love. And as you make love work, your faith brings you more and more. Sometimes we get so excited about faith and we get so focused on our faith that we act in presumption instead of acting in faith. We act, faith is not founded on good ground when it's founded in presumption. 
It acts in. It acts in presumption. But faith can be faith that's founded on the word can never be shaken. Faith that's founded on the word, you're able to do anything. You're able to do the impossible. The God kind of faith, I like to say the possibility faith, because when you have the possibility faith, it's always tempered by love because it comes in line together with love. You can't do anything without love. There's nothing that you can do. Think of all the marvelous and blessed things that God has done for our lives. Just for a moment. Like you could literally like, to me, I could just cry. When I, when I think about the goodness of God, I literally, if I, if I talk about it a whole lot, I will tear up and cry right now because I'm so grateful for all that he's done. If he never did another thing, it would be enough. It would be more than enough. But because he loves us, he continues to do things for us. When you get that revelation of that kind of love, you won't be content to stay mediocre. You won't be content to to stay in a corner and barely make it into heaven. No, you'll be a success even when you're not trying to be because you have a revelation of the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart. Dream faith dreams. I'm going to encourage you guys. Dream faith dreams. When you put the love of God at work and you're faith with your confession, you will watch those dreams turn into reality. They will be spiritual realities. We can't afford to not walk in love. We can't afford to walk in malice. We can't afford to not love our neighbor as ourselves, even though that neighbor is nasty, right? You got to walk in love. You can't afford not to love who you are, who God created you to be. Did you know that you can't love other people until you love yourself? You have to have self-love. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's being humble. I can't, you know... uh, uh, I don't want to be arrogant. No, it's different. You have to love yourself just as you so you can love other people. God made you. You are his masterpiece. And somebody in here needs to hear that. He made you and created you in his image. And you are perfect the way that you are. And you're not lacking, but you're everything that God intended you to be. You're beautiful. You're lovely. You're handsome. You're smart. Whatever it is you need to know that God made you and created you. And God made you perfect in who you are and when you have a revelation that he loves you would love create anything less than perfect no love creates perfect things God created you to be all that you need to be you have to love yourself you have to love who you are you have to love who he's created you to be because oftentimes when you look at that when you understand that 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 self-image when you know that you who you are in Christ because of who he is you know that you sit in heavenly places with Christ and because you sit in those heavenly places that's a good place to start in your self-image and guess what people marriage is hard And I will tell you, a lot of times marriage is harder because two people that don't love themselves, they're trying to love one another and it doesn't work. So you're believing God for somebody, for God to bring you somebody, love yourself. Love who you are. Love who he made you to be. Because when you love who you are and you love who you are in Christ, guess what? He's going to bring you that perfect person. He's going to bring you who you need to be because you can't love your mate if you can't love yourself. Jesus showed ultimate love in all that he did. If you look at the Last Supper in John chapter 13, um, Jesus dipped into a common dish and he fed it to Judas. A lot of people don't know, but there was a custom in that day. It's the highest act of love that you could do was to feed someone else. So Jesus dipped the bread and he fed it to to Judas. And Jesus knew all the while that Judas was the one to betray him. He didn't treat Judas any different. He didn't wear it on his face like he was mad. He didn't begrudgingly dip it in and throw it at him. (laughs) There was no food fight at the Last Supper. (laughs) But he did it anyway. He acted the same No one knew but him. I'm like, I don't know if I could do that, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, That's a tough one. If I knew somebody was like plotting to kill me and I knew that I was going to die because of this person, I mean, come on. That's pretty pretty miraculous. (laughs) 
But anyway, I digress, but it's okay. So listen, another demonstration of Jesus' love is when he wept over Jerusalem. Now we know that when Jesus prayed in, in Matthew 23, he prayed over the city of Jerusalem and he wept for them, a city that he loved, a city that he grew up in, a city that, that he loved more than any other. But I want you to know that he loved. It's because of his overflow of love. And then we know I want you to notice how Jesus honored Peter, who had lost his nerve and denied Jesus. Jesus knew he was going to do it, but he, he, he said, I'm going to honor him. Now watch what he says in Mark 16, 7. This makes my heart so happy because even when we mess up, God knows when we're going to mess up. But God is still right there, right? God's still like, I got you. And I love this because it says here in uh, Mark 16, 7, it says, but go your way and tell his disciples and Peter. So here Peter was probably feeling like, I'm not a disciple anymore. I don't belong. I don't fit in. I messed up. I'm fired, you know. Like he's saying all these things, but yet he says, and tell Peter specifically called him by name. So when you've made a mistake and you have a shortcoming, Jesus does that. He calls your name. And he says to you, come. He still loves you. His love never falters or wavers. Regardless of, your, regardless of your response, he never falters or wavers. There's nothing more you could do to make him love you any more than he already loves you. There's nothing you could do to break that love. There's nothing you could do to change that love. It is there, unending. It blows my mind to think about that love that he has for us, to think about that love that he never lets go of, to think that even the, the does that, that makes you want to run closer to him. People have a problem staying close to Jesus or, or backsliding. You don't know the love of God then. You don't know how good he is. You don't know about his love love and what he truly did for you. It's a revelation of that and you have to soak that in. You've got to put that on. That is something you have to continually learn because as Christians, guys, we're called to the unlovely. Most of the time we want the unlovely to straighten up and then come to church, but it doesn't always come that it doesn't always work that way. I'm like, God, thank you that you took me when I was unlovely. Thank you that you took me in my hot mess. Thank you that you took me when I needed cleaning up. God, that you kissed my boo-boos and made it all better, right? <laughs> Whatever it is you did, you called me in. We are called to help. The God kind of love spills over in every area of your life into your job into everything, into every person that you are, it spills into you. You can reap those benefits. You can reap those benefits. You can grow in him. Your faith is strong when it works by love. God's love, it covers everything. That's the way to perfection, is having a revelation of his love. You might even be asking me today, you might say, how can I put on that love? It just seems impossible. Is it really possible for me to exhibit that? Even with people who hurt me, even with people who offended me, Jesus did. And because that same love is shed abroad in your heart, you can too. It's not going to be easy. I'm sure Jesus had to fix his face a few times in those moments and had to just make sure everything looked, you know what I mean? Like that he was shining his best self forward. I'm just saying. But the answer is yes. The answer is yes, you can. Because the seed of God's word is sown into your own human spirit when you get saved and ask Jesus to come into your heart. That divine love is within you all the time. And if you let that spirit of God release it from your heart, you, you will begin to show forth the evidence of that fruit of the spirit. You'll show forth agape. You'll show forth that love of God, that high level of love. Because, guys, it wells up from on the inside of you. It wells up from within you. And as you allow the love of God to flow out of your life to other people, it transforms your character so that you become more like him. It totally changes you. But this is the kind of love we put on. If you're going to put it into existence, you have to put it on. That love is always inside of you. It's like the clothing that's hanging in your closet. The clothes are yours, but you have to walk into the closet. You have to open the door and you have to put on the, the take those clothes off the hanger, slip your arms inside, put your arms in, start buttoning up the buttons, and that's what you have to do because you never get dressed by accident. 
It's always a result of a decision. It's always a result of a choice. Of course, unless you're my seven-year-old son who has no good choices or decisions about clothing yet, right? We have to develop that, right? He'll go in the closet, and I'm like, how in the world did you pull out those two items? They don't even go together. You look like a little rascal, right? <laughs> and I'm always like, um, okay, go find a shirt that has green in it, you know, or go find a shirt that's navy, you know, or blue or whatever. But you teach them to develop them because you don't get, you get dressed on purpose, right? Okay, one time I'm going to tell you a quick story, and I've got like five more minutes and we'll close. But it was so funny when I was at Rama, I was working an overnight shift, and I will never forget this fashion disaster as long as I live. So, okay, back in the day in Rama, we had to wear skirts with pantyhose and slips. Okay, that was like they would do slip checks. I'm serious. They were serious about you dressing the right way, right? So I worked overnight at the airport. I worked uh, at <laughs> fine airport parking um, at your service. Uh, anyway, I worked the overnight shift from 7 a.m. to 3 a.m. overnight. And uh, <laughs> I would go home, uh, get home probably about 4 you know, and then I'd have to be up around 7 to be in class by 8. So I only got a couple hours sleep most nights. Well, one particular day, I lived about a mile from school, and I had to walk at first because I knew God was going to bring me a car, but that's another story for another time because he did. Uh, but anyway, so I, I woke up late, and I don't know why I, got, I decided. I knew what I was going to wear because I always set it out the day before because I'm super tired in the mornings, obviously. So I'd only gotten like two hours sleep. So I go in the closet, and I pull out a shoe. I put both shoes on. I get all the way to the school. I'm sitting in the classroom just like you're sitting, and I look down, and one shoe is black, and one shoe is navy. <laughs> And I was like, yep, I did this on purpose. <laughs> That's uh, totally planned. It was not planned. And I was so embarrassed because I wasn't going to walk all the way back home. You know, I had tennis shoes, but that would be breaking the dress code. So I said, well, i got to go wait tables after this. So we're not going to go do that right now, right? So I said, okay, it's all fine. I'll be fine. I actually used it in youth that night uh, for a for a for a prop because I knew they were going to call me out because they're teenagers. Why you got one shoe the wrong color, right? I don't know. I said, it was on purpose. I didn't know if you noticed. I'm all about paying attention today. <laughs> paying attention in the spirit. Be prepared, you know. No, I don't remember what I said. But my point is you, get, you never get dressed on accident unless you're a seven-year-old or highly sleep-deprived, okay? <laughs> you all, it's always based on choices. It's always based on decisions. It's based on action. So likewise, God has an amazing love that he's developed on the inside of you in your heart closet, so to speak. Um, but you are, you are the only one with the power to open those doors. You're the only one that, that knows where they're kept and how they're kept. But you have to be the one to take it off the hanger and wear it. You have to be the one to do that. Now, we've all been tempted in the middle of our life or day to take off that love garment. Whether it's out of anger whether it was out of disappointment, whatever it was. But you have to remember that only you alone can choose to keep that garment of agape on you at all times, despite the challenges you face. So I'm going to encourage you this morning to open your heart, reach inside, and pull out that love and be determined to get dressed in agape. In fact, God commands it. So refuse to allow any circumstance, refuse to allow anger and disappointment and resentment to rule you. You have to refuse that. Take that command of God seriously. Slip on the garment of love. Slip it on and keep it on. That's the hardest thing. Slipping it on is easy first thing in the morning. But can you keep it on until you go to bed? Okay. So keep it on all day. Okay. Keep it on. Slip on that garment of love. God is love. In fact, love is the essence of who he is. And just as Jesus is the perfect reflection of God's love, we are called to be a perfect reflection of Jesus in this world. Let's look at 1 John 4, 7. And you can take away with this. It says, and, and as he is, so are we in this world. So leave here today wearing the garment of love. Leave here today and be a reflection of Jesus' love. And don't forget to wear it every day because we truly have to put it on.
And so if you would, just stand on your feet for me. We're going to pray this morning. Thank you, Jesus. You know, maybe you've sat through this service or watched this service online. And you say, you know, I don't really, I don't really know what you're talking about. I need a revelation of that love because I need to ask Jesus to live in my heart. Because I know when I ask Jesus to live in my heart, I can walk in that love. But that love is shed abroad for you. And did you know that God would have sent Jesus to die on that cross if it were only you? That's the love that he has for you. It's unending, it's unparalleled. And he loves you so much. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want an opportunity to experience that life-changing love of God in your life by asking Jesus into your heart, if you'll raise your hand for me. Thank you, Lord. And if you're watching online this morning, you're watching for a good reason because Jesus is the answer to everything that you need. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, right now. If everybody would just say this prayer with me. Say, dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. I ask you, Jesus, to come live in my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you that your love is now shed abroad in my heart. Thank you for change and transformation. For listening to this message from Pastor Chris Sarno. If you would like to learn more about Chris Sarno Ministries, we invite you to join us today at chrissarno.tv.